Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by Kimmy Maltempo and Shoal. Chelsea Fairlander, Dan Perrin, all of our Patreon supporters, and of course you. Yes, I'm talking to you, the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Okay, Tiger, there's a real important reason that you are here, and we're going to get to that in a minute. We, you are going to change people's lives. You are going to make everybody who listens to this podcast faster. The average 50K time for America is going to drop because Taggart has a workout plan, and he is going to teach all of us how to run our fastest 50K uh, for 2024. So this is going to be big. So there's a real reason you're here. But first, since the last time we spoke, Taggart, you had a big life change in your life. You got engaged, Taggart. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. Um, I met the love of my life shortly after uh, we talked after my treadmill run. And um, I proposed. I just knew she was the one. And I proposed less than a year later. And now we get married in eight months. So wow. definitely, definitely went somewhere quick. How did you pop the question, Taggart? That's what I wanted to know. Um, well, we, uh, were planning our one year, uh, dinner and yeah. I actually mentioned to her that I was like, Hey, I need to meet this guy to sell him some running shoes. And, and, you know, with me being me and her being a, and her being a division one track and cross country runner at the time, she was yeah. like, oh, okay, well, this is pretty normal Saturday for us. So, and, uh, we went to this park and I had a camera guy there and I got down on one knee and then we, uh, I proposed, she said yes, thankfully. And we had, um, I, I planned a surprise party afterwards with her friends and, uh, family and my family. So it was, it was a really special time for us. I love that. <laughs> You're like, I gotta go sell a guy some shoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, I was trying to think of something and I figured I could get away with something like that on a one year date and she, she agreed to it and I got yeah. down on one knee and yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the rest of history. Was she looking around going, where's this guy that's buying your shoes? <laughs> well, we were, we were like walking in this uh, very nice kind of, 
uh, flower garden type of place uh, that's actually right next to a cross country course. So it was very coincidental and it was like a good spot for me to do that because she had no idea what was going on. And yeah, I was just able to somehow pull it off without her finding out and her, her mom and my mom and all of her best friends helped me plan the after party. And it was uh, the greatest day of my life. So that's, that's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Did you put a pair of shoes in the car just in case she was asking what shoes you were selling this person? Um, I might have. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, uh, probably I had running shoes on me because uh, her apartment was about 45 minutes from my house. So typically I'd always just kind of pack a pair of shoes just in case you know me. So <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. Congratulations. Thank Eight you. Months. Um, you've been getting a lot of, of, of marriage advice, haven't you? People have been giving you unsolicited advice as you get closer and closer to the big day. Oh yeah. Marriage advice and, uh, future child, uh, child advice and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been coming in, uh, willingly and just like what you said, it's been, uh, some people just like to give their two cents over how, um, how we can be happy someday. Well, Taggart, I'm going to give you some unsolicited marriage advice from a guy who's been married for nearly 25 years. Um, Sounds good. I think, yeah, you just you know what? You two, when that when that day comes, right, and you walk down that aisle, and then you slap a ring on your finger, and she she slaps a ring on her finger, and all of a sudden, the person whoever's in charge, whoever whatever the person is that's 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 doing the vows and whatever. I've married two people, by the way, because I am an internet pastor, so I've, oh, I've I'm in the marrying okay. game, and right now. Both the couples that I've married are still together, so I'm batting a thousand <laughs> if you need somebody. But right. the best advice I can give you is when you come in, to, when that wedding happens, you are no longer just Taggart and your wife. You are a team. And every decision you make, think about it as what's best for the team, right? What's best for, the, what's best for us and how can, how can we best navigate this world together as a team, and always be on each other's side. If you're, if you, if, you know, as long as you've got the best interests of the team in mind, you are going to be fine. Yeah, that's some wonderful advice, and uh, that's probably been uh, the best unsolicited advice given to us. Pretty uh, well rounded for most people. They they always say that you guys have to work together, and you always have to make every decision uh, with the other one in mind. So yeah, that's that's actually about as good as advice as I can get. You know, getting married next year. I appreciate it. Well, I'm going to go ahead and order for your wife. Uh, my husband has a world record. I'm going to get her that, that shirt so she can wear that when she's out running. Okay. Because <laughs> you, you are, in case anyone doesn't remember, Taggart does hold the world record for the fastest 100 miles on a treadmill. 11 hours, 32 minutes, 5 seconds. That was done at a bar in Illinois on a treadmill. With the, with the screen in front of you. What was that program you used again with the screen that was showing someone running? That is called Zwift. It's used for uh, primarily cycling, but there's also a small running community on there. So I still do all my treadmill runs on Zwift. So nothing, uh, nothing has changed on, on that front. Do you think about that day often, 11 hours and change on a treadmill in a bar? Um, you know, I'd say probably like once a year, I'll go and watch like the last five miles, uh, just to like remind myself of what I did. Um, I probably thought about it more the first six months after, but since then, you know, I kind of stepped back from ultra, went to the road marathon. So, Mm -hmm. so it really wasn't like, like 
thinking about it too often, but uh, right. I do like to remind myself what I did that day when I was only 25 and to just uh, have that have that special memory of, you know, finishing it and uh, running well was 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 special. Yeah. When did you drop that news to your fiance? How long into the dating process were you before you're like, hey, listen, real quick. I don't know if you Googled me or not, but I am a world record holder. So fun fact, my uh, fiance was actually a fan of mine. So I did not. I, <laughs> what? So I, I did not know who Paige was. Um, and <laughs> I was scrolling through my social media one day and I saw that this I saw that I had this pretty girl who followed me and it was like eight, nine o'clock at night. So I followed her back and I slid up on the DMS and <laughs> shot my shot. And yeah, now we're going to be married next year. And yeah, I love out. Yeah. I love, I love that, that you are like, let's just see who's following world record holder Taggart Van Etten tonight on Instagram. Oh, Look at this nice young lady. Oh, she's single. Let me just send her a message like, ma'am, good evening. This is world record holder Taggart Van Etten. How yeah. may I help you? <laughs> that is so cool. That yeah, is- no. Yeah, so um, I actually sent her a gif. Uh, it was like a waving gif. And on her end, she couldn't read it. She just saw like a blank message. And she thought I sent it to her accidentally. <laughs> and uh, she was like, hello and i was and then i was like how are you and it just kind of went from there and yeah uh the rest is history so now have we're, you convinced her because she's a college cross-country runner right she is graduating she's teaching now and she's training for uh the road marathon but she used to be okay are you have you convinced her to try ultra running yet since you have such a history in it you know, she's crewed me at a couple ultras, including my uh, last win at Hennepin. And I think someday that's in the future. But uh, I think before then, she wants to hit a marathon personal best. And uh, she's planning 99.99% of the wedding. So I think that's its own ultra marathon in itself for her. So <laughs> probably agree. probably after June 8th of next year, she might switch gears to maybe, I'm hoping, like a Hennepin 50. But we'll see. So uh, no rush on her part. and Yeah. Yeah, what a great, that's a great story. I, You know, I didn't Thank expect you. this to go as long and wonderfully as it has, but I'm <laughs> glad I asked you about all this because this is, this is great stuff. Real quick, before we get into why you're here, Taggart, you yeah. know, I, I, was, I was thinking, I'm like, you know, I've always wanted to do something more than just having someone on and saying, well, if you do this and do that, and blah, 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 what does that mean? And so I was like, who do I know that's really fast because I'm not fast? Who do I know that is really analytical and sharp when it comes to their training? Uh, you have experience. You are no longer an elementary school gym teacher, but you were at one time, which I think gives you a skill set that is very desirable in this situation. And who do I just enjoy talking to that I haven't talked to in a while? It, it, to, to come together with this program, this plan that I had had to put together a 16-week free, 100% free. There is no, no selling Taggart's not going to show up in your DMs and say, hey, like wave and you won't be able to see it. This is 100% free. You don't have to be a Patreon subscriber. Nothing at all. This is this is a your fastest 50K 16-week training plan put together by Taggart Van Etten. Uh, you can go to theadventurejogger.com. You can download and see the workouts right there. It's 100% free. Taggart and I are going to kind of go through the workouts and just kind of, you know, 
just kind of give you the overview of what this thing looks like in just a minute. But before we do that, you, you brought up Hennepin and, and what a great win that was. I talked to Chris Stamen. Oh, who, Chris Stamen. He, he kept me honest all day. I had no idea who Chris Stamen was, and he is a hell of a runner. He's, he's a great ultra runner. Great guy, no, too. Right. Nobody did. Like, Chris yeah, Stamen, no. like, like Chris Stamen is, is a great runner. Great guy. Listen to the yeah. podcast. You now listen to the Chris Stamen podcast. But, but Chris came out of nowhere. Like, you were probably thinking, you're probably looking at ultra sign-up going, Hennepin is going to be easy. And then you've got this 45-year-old man breathing down your neck. He's half, he's, he's twice your age. And you and that was like, that. that is probably Chris Stamen's performance. Now, your performance at Hennepin was fantastic. But it oh, was no, a terrible. Uh, uh, Chris's was, Chris's was uh, phenomenal. And I don't yes. think he understands that uh, too much. I, I uh, wasn't able to be there at the finish line. I was sick afterwards. And I reached out to him. And I was like, Chris, I'm like, if you ever have any like other flat goals i said i said you can go under 13 i i I, you know i i just kind of explained to him like where this lines up you know with him being his age and flat ultra running i'm like you can you can do some good things and flats if you want to absolutely and and not to take away from your finish at hennepin taggart but i think chris damon's finish at hennepin which was what like was it 20 30 minutes behind you yeah i think it was 23 or 24 um i pretty much like at mile 40 or 45 i was like okay i gotta i gotta find a way to lose this guy a little bit you know because he's hanging out a quarter mile behind me and uh yeah his um i would say his performance is one of the most like shocking ultra runs that i've seen and that i've seen on ultra sign up from a guy who i had no idea previously before going into a race so I agree. I think that is the that is the underrated performance of the year. Mm-hmm. And I know he's oh, yeah. not going to get any recognition from the big ultra running media. They don't care about what goes on in Hennepin. It's all Western states and all that stuff. Yeah. UTMB. But I think if you really look at it, Chris Stamen's performance at Hennepin was the underrated ultra marathon performance of 2023. Talk about shocking the world. I mean, that was like. What? I mean, it was amazing. And and he's just such a cool guy. And that must have been just a, a pleasant surprise for you. And then to to have him like put together the perfect day and chase you, mm-hmm. that must have just been a great exchange back and forth. And for you to reach out to him, I hope that he does pursue that again because, man, I, he's got a lot of potential. He really does. Yeah, he does. You know, um, I actually got sick in the final 11 miles and I told my crew, I said, keep keep looking out for his headlamp because i because i knew all day how close he was and like with me not being able to put in calories the last 90 minutes of the race i'm like if i uh you know if i falter this guy is gonna be there in the last 5k you know even the last mile of the race so he definitely helped push me to what was the course record that day but but yeah chris chris is chris's run at hennepin was was amazing and um yeah When's the last time, Taggart, you were scared of a man in his 40s? Um, I don't know. There's been a couple of road marathons where I hang with some older guys. But, uh, yeah, it had, been a, it had been a minute since, um, especially at Hennepin, you know. Uh, Hennepin's not I – mean, I mean, Hennepin's a great race. Michelle puts on a uh, – Michelle Hardwick puts on a phenomenal yeah. race there. But it's not like seen like on like the big side, you know. It's just kind of more of like a Illinois, Iowa, you know. Uh, type of ultra versus you know even comparing it to like tunnel hill you know everyone knows tunnel hill 
but um, right. Hennepin is just kind of like the uh, it's it's its own niche of ultra runners. You know, it's kind of more of a beginner ultra runner race, and I'd say for than for more experienced ultra runners. But right, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. All right, Taggart, this is why you're here. You put together a 16 week training plan that will hopefully get people get some speed on their legs and hopefully get them to run their fastest 50K or a faster 50K and kind of change things up. Because I know sometimes, Taggart, we can get stuck in a rut when it comes to our workouts that we do the same things every single day, running the same pace, and you kind of plateau. And I think sometimes you need to mix it up just a little bit to put some spice back in into your running, get, get kind of excited about the, the running. Um, for you... Kind of what is your fundamentals for building speed? Um, well, I always start with like the with like the peak race of the year, then I go backwards from there. Um for mm-hmm. myself specifically, uh if we're just gonna get right into it, I my favorite interval to run is four hundred meters or a quarter mile. Um I can do a lot with uh quarter mile repeats, you know, I can I can jog a minute afterwards. I can take 30 seconds rest. Um, I can take a minute rest. I can um, go into quarter mile easy, quarter mile tempo. And for me, uh, with thankfully that interval being just, you know, like a minute 10, a minute 20 long, um, I can I can just do a lot with that. And, and just to know, like, it's only just over a minute of pain. And for most people, probably at most like two minutes or two, two and a half minutes of pain. And it's very manageable. And I have found, you know, um, going into Hennepin, I ran a 10K personal best. And I found a way to, like, kind of juggle the 5K, 10K and still do halfway decent at the 100-mile distance. So, Yeah. And is it is it because just the quarter-mile interval allows you to get turnover without taxing the body too much? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I re- I've read in a few different training logs and books about how um, uh, 400s is like the perfect amount for speed and distance. Because, for example, you know, there's guys who run 355 for a mile and they do six by 400 at, you know, sub four minute mile pace and they take like three minutes in between. Well, for a marathon runner, uh, kind of my favorite as my favorite 400 workout as a marathon runner would be 30 by 400 at um, not really 10 K race pace, but not, not as slow as half marathon race pace, probably like nine to 10 mile race pace at 400 yeah. speed with 200 meter jog. So I'm running those in like 72, 73 seconds. And then I'm jogging 200 meters in about 50 seconds. You know, it's, it's a very light jog for me. And uh, by the time I get done with that, uh, my average pace is actually very high compared to if I were to run 25 by 400 with a minute rest. And for something like that, I'm up on my toes more. I'm running quicker than 10K race pace. And uh, I'm definitely digging harder when I uh, take standing rest versus jogging rest. And Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, some people may say like a quarter, quarter mile intervals doesn't seem like it's long enough to build sustainable speed over time, but you are going so hard. And is it because the body mechanics are different when you're doing that speed that it almost forces your body to get out of a jogging rhythm and more into a running rhythm and teaching your body to stride in a more efficient manner? 
Yeah, yeah, I would definitely say that. Um, in the plan specifically, we don't only do 400 intervals. Uh, yeah. There are three different phases. And as you get deeper into the plan, the intervals get longer as far as 800 meters, 1000 meters and mile intervals. Um, uh, I've heard before um, a lot of a lot of big pro running coaches like 400s, they like 1000s and they like miles. And um, if you look at a guy, I think Scott Fobble, I don't if if like anyone knows him, he's like a 208, 209 marathoner. Those are his pretty much go-to three yeah. intervals. Um, he does do other stuff, but uh, in like a 12-week block, he'll like repeat the same three workouts four or five times. Um, in the plan, we have three weeks up and then one week as a like a down week or a recovery week too. Okay, gotcha, um, gotcha. For, for so many people, Tiger, I, I was going to say, for so many people, Tiger, Speed work is scary. They mm-hmm. hear the, the speed word and they're accustomed to being very comfortable in a jog. Kind of walk us through, like get people over the fear of the interval and doing their first speed workout. Yeah. Um, so in the plan, we have actually, so it goes Monday, Wednesday, Friday are mm-hmm. your are, are your easy days so that's 30 60 minutes aerobic um sunday is an optional easy day or a rest day uh we'll start with tuesday tuesday is your main session and mm-hmm. for the first three weeks you're going to do kind of more of an effort slash time base so it's like 10 by one minute uh run followed by one minute walk and then uh, they get increasingly longer and then on Thursday is what I call um, a mini workout. It's kind of yeah. like a supplementary. So uh, for myself, um, this is the exact same things I do. Uh, yeah. The athlete on Thursday in the mini workout, they would do whatever warm up, and then they would only do like ten by thirty seconds mm-hmm. at five k race pace. But they would follow that up with thirty second walk. Now. Um, when they're doing these 30 seconds, it is an interval, but I consider it more of like a longer stride, if that makes sense. Because uh, we aren't like, yeah, we are targeting 5k race pace on primarily Thursdays, but uh, the overall duration of the speed um, is only like five to seven minutes, depending on the week. But I think it's very important uh, for people to get that moving in their legs for only, you know, a few seconds at a time, 30 to 45. I think the longest is like a minute. I think we do five by one minute at the end. And then you bring it back down because you don't do speed again until the following Tuesday. Um, on Saturdays, you do your long run, and that's just like a longer steady run uh, that I would uh, have ultra runners do. Kind of like, you know, almost like a zone three, which most coaches don't have you do. But um, for ultra marathon, you know, you just need to get out there and just kind of grind miles. Um yeah, and that's where it kind of differs from marathon training a bit. This uh, this type of plan versus a 16 week plan. Okay, well, zone zone three. For those that aren't familiar with zone three, that is a put it in effort wise. That is not a hard effort. It is not an easy effort. It's kind of in the middle. Yeah. So um, let's say um, let's say my marathon race pace is five minutes and thirty seconds per mile. Um, my zone three would be like six minutes and 30 to six minutes and 45 seconds per mile. So think a marathon pace, and then you could add anywhere um, 70 to 90 seconds per mile. And obviously as you get fitter in the 16 weeks, 
your average pace will likely probably drop in that time. So let's say um, athlete A is doing his Sunday long run and mm-hmm. his first long run is eight miles at nine minute pace. And then we go nine and then we go 10, then we take a down week and then we start, I think, back at nine. Right. Um, gradually, as those 16 week comes along, athlete A by the time he reaches his 14 mile run at the end, he could be running 840, 845 pace at the right. same effort uh, just because he got fitter over that time. Uh, now, now you know, uh, you need to know when to hold back a little bit, not to give it everything. But um, as you get longer, I mean, as you get fitter and the long runs get better and you start gaining speed in the Tuesday, Thursday workouts, your pace should gradually work down on the Saturday long run. Did you, with with these hard workouts, because that's what, I mean, these are the things, the speed workouts are essential for getting faster, building that turnover, teaching your body a more efficient stride to be able to do that turnover quicker without using so much energy. At some point in your running career, Taggart, did you always dread the speed workout? Were you intimidated by it at first and did you grow to love it? Or was it always something that you've kind of loved? You know, I did it up until my first stunt and ultra marathon running in 2020 and 2021, and I did not do any speed. And then uh, when I switched back to the road marathon for the last couple of years, um, I realized I made a really big mistake and just grinding zone three miles every day. And I didn't do, I didn't do any sprinting. I didn't do any intervals. It was just like, wake up, you know, I'm training for a hundred mile race. I'm just going to grind for hour, two hours on the weekends, three or four hours. And um, taking that break away from the speed stuff was good for me mentally. It probably wasn't great for my leg speed. But then uh, once I started back up, I realized that um, I enjoyed, you know, hitting the different gears and having my, um, like having more joy for my easy days and be able to appreciate the harder days more. And um, I could just kind of feel the speed in my legs build up over the last two years. Yeah. Cause you're right. Cause you break it up and, and doing the grind every day and then mm-hmm. just going out and doing those miles in zone three, zone three, zone three, mm-hmm. zone three, where this breaks up your week where you said Monday, Wednesday, Friday are easy. 30 to 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, 90 yeah. minutes possibly as we work through the, the weeks mm-hmm. of aerobic. So that is when, you know, for me, I always kind of use the, what is it? Was it 185 or 180 minus your age? Yeah. Generally give you the heart rate that you need to be in mm-hmm. to kind of stay in that aerobic zone. And that's easy running. That's, yeah. that is, that should be really easy. And you yeah. think if you, if you, have that hard workout and you know like, well, I know tomorrow's going to be, I mean, I'm barely moving tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That, that seems to kind of break up the week for you and allow you to look forward to different things or to get through that workout because you're thinking, this one's going to be tough, but I know the next day is going to be really easy. Yeah. Um, I would say for most people, since we do add the, the second mini workout on Thursdays, that is uh, definitely more of, I think there should be an asterisk there. It's definitely more effort-based than it is speed-based. Like, uh, for example, let's say you're looking down your watch and your 5K race pace is eight minutes. So on 
Thursday, you have 12 by 45 seconds with 30 second walk and you're running 810 pace instead of eight minute pace for your goal 5k. I don't think the athlete should be too worried about that uh, just as long as the efforts there and uh, they're turning over as quickly as they can too. Yeah. Turn what, you, know, you talk about the, the rest interval being a walk. A lot of times you hear people saying like a light jog. Do you prefer the rest interval to be a walk? You know, um, it depends on where you're at in the season. Um, primarily on Tuesdays uh, when we do the main interval session, with the exception of the first three weeks, it is just a standing or um, you could walk rest. So, for example, I think I have one week in there where it's eight, it's six to eight by 1,000 with yeah. uh, 230 rests. If the athlete were, would prefer to just, you know, walk, that's fine with me. If the athlete were prefer just to, you know, just stand around um, and just kind of stay in a circle and moving at the track, that's okay too. Uh, but if I have 230 standing rests, I would prefer the athlete not to be jogging. Um, they can they can jog like the 10, 15 seconds leading in the interval to where they aren't starting from um, cold. Right. But um, on Thursdays, that is when we're doing actually walking rest. So um, you are getting done with your anywhere from 30 to 45 to sometimes 60 second interval. And you're, you are walking. Um, you are not jogging, but you're walking. So you want to walk with intent, but you don't want to like um, overdo the walk if that makes yeah. sense. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's crazy about this is I, I know ultra runners. Taggart, you know ultra runners. Right now they're saying not just standing still on Tuesdays in between the intervals. How like do I stop my watch? What do I what do I do? And then to think too, the walking because uh, so so many of the workout plans talk about act you know those intervals those cool down inter- intervals those recovery intervals are jogging and I think that so many times people are running those cool down intervals too fast. Oh and yeah, so, um, yeah. Like by 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 forcing people to okay. Guess what? You just ran a thousand meters. You've got two and a half minutes rest, and you got to do it again. Forcing them to walk in circles around the starting line or just move a little bit really forces the runner to not overdo the recovery interval. Yeah, you know, I um, we talked about a few minutes ago. Like my favorite workout is thirty by four hundred. When I'm doing 
30 by 400 with a 200 meter jog, my interval is probably six to seven seconds slower compared to if I take 45 seconds to one minute rest, it is significantly slower, but, um, it just depends on where you're at in the season and what you're trying to accomplish with, uh, with the workout. But, um, with this, we are trying to gain speed on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So on Saturday, um, you, um, have a chance to kind of open up and kind of get more in that like tempo, like uh tempo slash zone three zone where you can, um, kind of power through the run. And most watches, I, I know for Koros, I know for Garmin, you can take a look at the workout and you can see what Taggart has prescribed. Warm up two or three miles, you know, one mile, two miles, your, your, your comfortable warm up and cool down. And then you can actually program those intervals into your watch and you can create a workout where it can be, your watch can tell you. So if you don't have a track nearby, you can do it in your neighborhood and set mm-hmm. it for, 400 meters when you get that your watch will will ding a couple of times and you can work a rest you can build all of that into your watch yeah yeah that's uh that's extremely helpful to be honest i only run up the track a few times in a block i actually prefer a road loop instead of the track so i can understand why most people would prefer that over uh just trying to remember to hit start and lap every time oh yeah because because a track the 400 meters yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's a grind it, yeah it makes it hard it, it does it makes it super hard because you're just like i've seen this already like <laughs> yeah yeah and uh and uh there's probably one more thing i want to add in here about like the training and all that um there have been a few times in my training where i've set up either a time trial or intervals where I'm going to go downhill or I'm planning this big tailwind. Um, I did a 10 K time trial in 2022 where I had both and I ran a, and I ran, uh, I don't consider a 10 K personal best, but I ran way under my real one. And guess what? It gave me the confidence and I ran really well in a marathon a few weeks later. So um, if the athlete uh, can somehow swindle, you know, a 5k or 10k on a bike trail with a tailwind, or um, if they want to go for an all out mile and it, and they know they can set it up downhill, go for it. Like uh, whatever helps build your confidence and the training is going to help you that much more on race day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I bet you too, Taggart, when you're getting through these first four weeks of the plan, it probably feels a little weird because you're not accustomed to mm-hmm. your body's demand for these Tuesday workouts, these Thursday mini workouts, and then these easy days, and then that Saturday long run. Um, mm-hmm. But I would think at some point, doing this speed work and doing these workouts, your body at some point is going to become more efficient, and you're going to see, you're going to, it, it's not, the, those, those gains are not going to be there right at the beginning. But at some point in that 16-week plan, you're going to start to notice like, ooh, that, I'm much faster and this is much easier than, than normal. Yeah, um, I think it is in week three, we do four by mile at half marathon pace. And I think a workout like that, uh, that can seem a little daunting because of how long the interval distance is. Uh, it's normally like after that, pretty much after that second week. So uh, the first week is just time and effort base and the second week is pure speed and then week three is once we start getting the longer stuff and i think once once the athlete hits that uh 
four by mile. And then we, re, and then we repeat it again two weeks later. I think it's four to six by mile at the same um, goal half marathon race pace as when uh, they will definitely feel the speed in their legs from the 400s and the 800s and the 1000s. Yeah, this is very, this is very cool. And I love it's different. You know, you, you know, I, I kind of gave you just very little parameters to do this. Did you have fun putting this together? Yeah, um, I, I pretty much just honestly, like, I just kind of structured it like I do the athletes I coach and like my own training. Um, I go hard Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I go easy Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Now, my harder days are probably a lot harder than what most people would expect. But that's right. just for me. Um, but I've. I, um, I've been lucky enough to coach a couple four hour marathon runners who do a very similar schedule to this and they do, uh, I know, I I know it kind of breaks a lot of rules having that second mini workout a week, but, uh, we have found that as long as they keep their heart rate down and they do like the mini workout, uh, correctly, that their average pace ends up being the same pace as a recovery run, but they're just going, very high intensity for six minutes spread out over 25 minutes and they're walking and their heart rate stays the same in that like 130 to 150 zone. So, and that's kind of, that, that's why the walking, because the walking yeah. is going to force you to have the mm-hmm. intensity you need to recover for, for the next interval. I, I want to bring a, a, a point up here, Taggart, because you're a world record holder. You ran 100 miles on a treadmill at a five, was it like a 520, 530 pace for the entire time? It was 655 pace, a 520 pace, my marathon. That's my marathon pace. 520 is your marathon pace. So knowing that your marathon pace is 520, right? So five, five minute, 20 second miles that is your marathon pace that's what you can sustain for 26.2 miles what is your easy run pace 520 is your marathon your marathon race pace what is an easy run day for taggart van etten look like so this morning i did 13 at a seven minute pace normally that's like closer to probably like a 710 but i had some thanksgiving carbs in me and then (laughs) um the afternoon was uh treadmill run five miles at eight minute pace um yeah so so just just yeah think about that for a second i i i want to hit that i don't want to glance over that 520 is your marathon pace you're running easy runs at eight minutes yeah, um, I I definitely try to keep the afternoon treadmill double uh, no faster than like 750 average. Um, in the mornings, I can open my legs up a little more. Yeah. But I have found if I keep the treadmill run really easy, that keeps my legs fresher for the next day. And, you know, sometimes like my run today, um, that was a seven-minute pace. Sometimes that average is 736 a mile. Sometimes it's 715 a mile. It's just how my body feels and um, – just kind of the weather and what's going on that day. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think too much of it. So, I just love that though, and I, I think that the, the the point I wanted to make is so many of us think if our marathon pace. Let's just talk about that for a second. If our marathon pace is seven fifteen, we're thinking well, our easy run pace is seven forty five. When in reality, that easy run pace should be more nine thirty to ten. Yeah. Even. And I, yeah. I think that's it's hard for people to grasp that sometimes of what easy running does. What is the science Taggart? Like what, like I know so many of us are thinking if I'm running easy, 
I'm canceling out everything that I've just done on my speed work, that running easy does not equate to running fast. What is the science behind and the reason behind Monday, Wednesday, and Friday being so slow? So that is what I consider aerobic endurance. That is uh, where a lot of very beginner or very new into um, distance running athletes will see a lot of gains if they run it correctly. It's where I saw a lot of gains before I ran my first tunnel hill was when, you know, um, you learn to run easy and you just build you everyone says this, you build your aerobic engine. I hate that word, but I just used it. And um, you just learn to run comfortable at a slower pace and you take that so easy that on your harder days, you can run a lot faster. Uh, my fiance, for example, Paige, her 5k is like 1830. Um, in college, she ran her easy days way too fast. Now she's running her easy days at 10 minute pace. Some days it's 930 pace. And, um, yeah, it's just about like recovering. You want to keep the movement. Um, uh, to be honest, um, if you want to go over that 60 minutes and if you stay under, you know, your zone three heart rate, if you're staying at 140 beats per minute for 90 minutes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, just make sure you don't overdo it. But I, I don't see any, any reason not to, if you are able to hold back doing something yeah. like that. But again, just, just point out the fact you're talking about your fiance who is an 18 minute 5k runner. And she's running 10 minute miles for her, for her easy days. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It's it, yeah. And it's, and it's more enjoyable for her. Um, it's more enjoyable for me when I'm able to run my easier days and um, it makes you appreciate those days more after a hard Tuesday or a hard Thursday, or even after a hard long run day. Did, did she fight you on that? Was she like, Oh, this is a little slow tagger. And you're like, who's got a world record in this relationship? Yeah. This guy. No, uh, she actually uh, kind of learned that on her own. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have much to. Uh, she doesn't have anything to prove. She's a five minute miler herself, so she, she, uh, <laughs> she can definitely handle herself with her own running. So. <laughs> that was a very wise answer. Yeah, when she's listening yeah. to the podcast, she's going to go, "Good job." <laughs> yeah, hopefully. That's a- <laughs> Boy, you got eight months to go and you're already figuring this marriage thing out pretty good, Taggart. I think you got a yeah. lot of happy years, happy years ahead of you. Let's talk about building speed responsibly and, and making mm-hmm. sure we're avoiding injury. How does that look for you to build speed in a responsible manner? Hmm. Okay. Uh, so very early in the block, I learned to um, run a specific amount of interval distance, rather it be five miles, four miles worth of work, five miles worth of fast running. And I stop at that exact same at that um, time. So let's say I'm doing 12 by 800 meters. So that would be six miles worth of work earlier in the season. That's it. I'm done. That's all I'm doing. Uh, I've done my work for the day. I've got to save myself for my mini workout on Thursday and my hard long run on Saturday. Um, as you kind of gain speed throughout the years and as you trust yourself and learn yourself more, and as I would get closer to either a road marathon or Hennepin, um, 
I, if I felt good at, after the 12th rep, I'm like, let's go to 15 today. Let's go to 16 today, you know? Um, and you yeah. probably shouldn't do that two weeks out from a race, but if you're a month out and you're feeling really good and you're just grinding away, you know, uh, with some of these workouts, you could easily add one or two, or you could take one or two off. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of very, very general of the, the workouts. Um, yeah. I actually did before Hennepin, I did 5,400s in one day. I went out. Um, I don't suggest most people do this. I did what's called a double <laughs> threshold. I did 30 in the morning. And then, want everybody tagging him <laughs> in their 5,400-meter repeat workouts. I did 30 in the morning and then 20 in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, that's, that's taken years for me to get that confidence to do that. And I can tell you the next – probably the next day my recovery run was above eight minute pace for both of them. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just think like anything, the longer you do this, the, the more, you know, your body, uh, the more risk you can take, but also, uh, there is risk and reward. And sometimes, you know, I, I've crashed and burned plenty of times, you know, you just, uh, it happens. Uh, mm -hmm. and you just got to make sure also you don't go too deep into the well in the workout too. Um, right. you always want to leave the workout feeling like you had more, and the tank. That's a good, you know, that's a good thing to bring up. Leave the workouts, the Tuesday and the Thursday workouts on this plan. Leave those workouts not completely depleted, but there's a couple more. Like you could say, like, you know what? I probably could do two or three more of these things, but you've that's how you know you've done them at the at the right pace. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, you don't, you know, I've made the mistake of two weeks out. You know, I just talked about how you can stretch it out if you feel good, but I've, I've made the mistake before of, you know, I felt really good and I, and I'm like, I'm just going to go to zero today until there's nothing left. And that's like not the attitude that runners should have in the workout week, even when if, you know, um, you just, I think if, I think if most people just follow the plan and, uh, I would prefer them to take two off versus adding four. But if they mm -hmm. want to add two reps onto it, go for it. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of is a free plan. We're just giving out to them. So yeah. they can't complain yeah. too much about it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, if they are going to add two, make sure you're adding two, knowing that you should feel after you've added those two, like you could do three more. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely a good point. And if you do add to be prepared on Wednesday, you might not feel as good as you felt on Monday because um, you added extra um, hard duration to the interval yeah. session. Um, yeah, gotcha. that's a you yeah, notice that's definitely runs a good lower. Yeah. Um, one of the big things where workouts vary, where athletes vary, where coaches vary is the long run. What are your thoughts on the long run, its importance to the success of a, of, a, of a race day? Like how important is the long run in the grand scheme of things compared to the interval workouts and the, the recovery workouts? So for this uh, plan, we are just uh, kind of deeming it as like a trail 50K um, yeah. type of race at the end, you know, flat trail, hilly trail, rail trail, track trail, you know, something like that. Um, we aren't going for a marathon personal best. We aren't training for a hundred miles. Um, I would say, uh, you know, having 30 good workouts in a close proximity is better 
uh, having 30 B plus workouts in a close proximity is better than having five A plus workouts in um, 30 days. Uh, as a distance runner, um, you should know that the long run is your baby day. You know, uh, you should look forward to that. That should be the day uh, where you try to do everything you would on race day. It is probably your most important day. But is it uh, more valuable than the days, you know, than the other five days of running you did? You know, uh, sometimes things come up, rather it be life, rather it be issues during the run, or you're just not motivated, or you want to just drop it. That's fine, too. But, um, you know, the athlete needs to, you know, weigh those factors in and also uh, remind themselves like, hey, I am training for a 50 kilometer race. This could take eight, nine hours, you know, for some, for some trails. Um, and yeah, I, I think that answers your question. I, no, I think, I'm unsure. Yeah. I'm unsure on that one. No, I, I got you because there, there's different importance placed on the long run and it is mm-hmm. right. This is your opportunity to try things out. You're not going to do these at race pace. The, the goal is that hopefully on race day, your legs will feel mm-hmm. you know, like springy and ready to go. And you're going to be running through this 50 K faster than you would your long runs just because of the fact you've put in the effort now it's time race pace is not long run pace correct yeah uh correct um if we were training for a road marathon it'd be different but we are just training to get to the finish line of a 50k feeling good in this workout um yeah kind of like uh you know you can you could start off warming up in zone two and if you want to go zone three for a few miles, and if you want to pop in zone four for a mile, that's fine. But uh, then you want to bring it back down. Um, I I didn't write this in the workout, but I kind of do this my own when I'm doing, for example, a hundred mile build. Is yeah. I you know let's say I I've got thirty miles planned for a Saturday. Um, that first five six miles, it's going to take me a little bit to warm up. So the first fifth or the first quarter of the workout, I'm warming up. Uh, the middle part is my baby. That's where I I feel my best. And I know in like the final two or three miles, final mile, it just depends on how I'm feeling that day that I want to like naturally cool my body down. Meaning let's say I just ran my last mile in six minutes and 30 seconds and I have three miles left. Well, I'm going to start bringing those miles back closer to seven minutes and maybe the last one, like seven and a half minutes to kind of wind back down into the workout because I don't want to end the workout with my final three miles being the fastest of the day because that's not the right, goal work those of three. the workout. Yeah. Gotcha. Get those fastest miles in the middle. You warm mm-hmm. up in the beginning of that long run, you get the fastest miles in the middle, and then you cool down towards the end of that long run. Mm-hmm. Um, how long do you think is the sweet spot for a 50k like how do how far do you really have to run to do a 50k when it comes to long run Ooh, um in this plan i didn't put anything um over i think 14 or 15 i don't think most people need that um really yeah i yeah. taggart i don't i don't want to don't want to cut you off but for a lot of people they're going like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. if i'm running 50 kilometers 31 miles I need to do 20, 24, 25, 26 miles. You're saying 15 is all you really need to do. 
Yeah, I I think it depends on the surface. You know, if you're going to a trail where there's a lot of vert and you're doing 15 and it takes you three hours or three and a half hours to do 15 miles because you're climbing so much, then that's fine. Um, if you're going to a rail trail, again, this is where the workout where you could add some and you can get 20 done in three hours. Uh, you can do that and that's fine. Uh, you know, when you're adding, if you're a trail runner and you're adding vert and that's extra stress, on mm -hmm. your body and you have to take that consideration the same way with like a rail trail you're going just a little you know you're going quicker than what you could on um on like a tr on like a climbing trail yeah. you know um so you have to take both of those into consideration um you know uh you had him on the pod but james solomon doesn't do a lot of long runs he does a lot of 10 to 12 mile runs that guy can bust out 100 miles on a trail um so i yeah that's that's i was kind of pulling from him on that over some things and um yeah yeah many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wagovi and zep pound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's, it's so funny, though, because it's so counterintuitive to what you think, right? Yeah. Like, you think, yeah. like, if I'm going to run 100 miles successfully, I need to have a whole lot of back-to-backs. I've got to be doing mm -hmm. 25 on Saturday and 20 on Sunday and yeah. that sort of thing. And it's funny because the, the more people I talk to... And again, I'm not generally a, a, a training podcast. This is kind of a special thing that mm -hmm. I thought would be so cool. And thank you for yeah. doing this. This means so much for, for, for you to take this time and put this together. I know you coach athletes, and I want to be able to give people an opportunity that if they do want to reach out to you and say, hey, are you taking on extra ath athletes, Taggart? Yeah, I, yeah, I can, I can do a few. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't do too many. I just kind of like something for fun more than if anything. You're, yeah, if you're inspired, you reach out to Taggart and you can make that work all, you know, between, between the two of you because mm -hmm. he, he's, he's got a good structure for this. But yeah, it is so, people think you have to go so long and it is interesting that really, I think it's kind of that attitude of the long run needs to be so close to the race distance, which in 100 miles you can't do. And so you, 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 you justify that with back-to-backs. But I think it, it, it's, it places this massive importance on the long run, and it kind of devalues the rest of the week as kind of garbage miles. Like, mm -hmm. what, are the, what is the rest of the week doing for you? All that really matters is the long run. And that's not really looking at your training from a full, you know, like a bird's eye view of all your training and showing that, these 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 zone three or these 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 light easy days are building the aerobic engine that you were that you hate that term we've thrown it in twice now those those <laughs> you know those speed days are building your body's stride it's teaching your body to be more efficient at running and those long days are not teaching your body to run for fifty k it's preparing your body for a long sustained effort. So combining all of those things together is what makes the plan achievable to run a fast 50K with. Not the long run, not just the speed work. It is everything combined 
all of that, the pieces of training are affecting your body in a way that will prepare it to do its best on race day. Yeah, I definitely agree all with all that. And I want to add something. In my buildup into Hennepin, I did no back-to-back long runs. I did my long run on Saturday, and then I did a recovery day on Sunday and a recovery day on Monday. And on Tuesdays, I got back into my intervals. Um, that was a mistake that I made when I used to previously train for ultras a few years ago was, oh, I thought I need to I need to kill every Saturday, kill every Sunday, and then just be destroyed Monday through Friday and recover for the next weekend. Uh yeah, I didn't do any sort of back-to-back. Now, there was a time uh, where I ran a 10K personal best, and the next day I went out for a long run. And I think the athlete could justify something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have to be very careful the day after a shorter race because you were digging on your toes the previous day. So uh, so the average pace or your heart rate might not be able to reach as high as what it normally is. Um, so I, I do think there is some benefits in that, but if the athlete were to race like a half marathon on Saturday, I would not advise the athlete to do any sort of, um, hard long run on Sunday, maybe just take it either off or recovery. And we have that in there and the plan. Gotcha. Gotcha. Tiger, what do you do? Do you work any weights or any sort of, of physical training on those Sundays? You give them as optional days. Do you do any any weights or anything? You know, uh, when I trained for my marathon personal best, I was very into I was very big into doing a lot of like upper body stuff, just because my overall run volume and runner training uh, my my mileage was lower because we were trying to achieve uh, me running a lot quicker on the hard days. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was training for Hennepin, I did not do any sort of strength training. But I think I'm a little bit of an outlier like that. Um, I yeah. think, yeah, I, um, if the athlete wants to on Sundays, uh, go lift weights, go sit in a sauna, go ride a bike, uh, anything like that, uh, they are more than welcome to. You know, um, I'm, I'm a very big believer in cross-training. You know, being a, being a guy who is a former triathlete, if they want to do any sort of secondary workout 20, 30 minutes on the bike. That's fine. I would not advise 20, 30 minutes of running for most people. Um, yeah. If, if there is something like that, that they could, uh, do. Uh, so I guess, um, if there was any sort of weight training, I would look up, uh, David Roach's, uh, ultra legs, mountain legs, and speed legs. I, I really like that routine. I've done it myself. I did a lot in my buildup. Um, I think it takes like eight to 12 minutes to do. And you, and you should do that on your harder days though. Uh, you should not do any sort of weight lifting on your legs on your easier days, um, for your legs, but on your easier days, if you want to lift up your body, go ahead, because that just increases the blood flow and the, and the rest of your body. And when you lift weights, and you take in carbohydrates after somehow the carbs absorb in your muscles quicker than what they would even after a run. Now, I don't know the specific science behind that, but I just know if you lift weights and uh, with your carbs after, your body absorbs it quicker. Gotcha. Okay. All right. This is this is really good stuff, Taggart. This is this is awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait for people to just try it. You yeah. know, I mean, here you, here you got a guy who has success doing these things right he's not just like well i read some books somewhere i mean these are workouts that you crafting just using trial and error and you know mm-hmm. the, and you know be able to we're probably most of us are not going to run as fast as taggart we're not going to catch him 
We are we are no <laughs> we're not gonna be you know we're not Chris Stamen. We're not gonna be chasing him down. But I think it it does it is kind of fun to go out there and, and run hard and, and put a, a fast effort down and whatever that means for people. Speed means different for everything. Fast to Taggart and fast to Ryan and fast to someone listening is entirely different. And I think if you just see some improvement in your turnover, you'll see some improvement in your fitness. I think ignoring this stuff and just living in that that zone two world or zone three world where it's constantly the same, 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 you're you're limiting yourself in in growth and you, and you're limiting yourself in fitness because you're missing a part of the puzzle. But it's going to be fun to see people give this a try. It's free. Again, folks, there's no there's no catch, none whatsoever. You do not have to donate to Patreon. You do not have to promise to listen to all of my my uh, Spotify ads. You don't have to promise to send Taggart a sweet wedding gift, but you probably should because he's a great guy, and we're excited to see how that that marriage goes. Just go check it out. TheAdventureJogger.com. It is 100% free. Taggart Van Etten's your fastest 50K workout plan. Um, Taggart, thank you. This has been a lot of fun. This is I, I love. I always love picking your brain. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. You know, if anyone has a question, um, my DMs are open on Instagram and Twitter slash X, whatever it's called now. Um, if someone has a specific question over, you know, hey, this and that, you know, um, I can do my best. I can't write out a whole another training plan, but I'd be more than happy to um, explain to someone because in my in my running career, a lot of people have helped me. So I enjoy trying to just give back a little bit. That's that's what I like to do. Well, Taggart, what's coming up next for you? Oh, um, I am hopefully – I'm actually now that um, I'm kind of free, I, um, I'm dividing my season next year up into a spring marathon and then a fall ultra. So I would like to crack 220 in the marathon next April. Mm-hmm. So right now um, it's Thanksgiving time. So I'm kind of focusing more on carbs than I am miles. <laughs> and then once the turn of the year comes, I'll be uh, guns blazing, get ready for um, a spring marathon. That's to be determined. So like to I know, dip under 220 in the spring. That's the plan. Because I know the Illinois marathon in Champaign, you're in Morton, Illinois, mm-hmm. right? You still in Morton? That's yeah. not too terribly far from you. And that's a generally a pretty flat course. Yeah, it's uh, seventy-five minutes from my house, so I, yeah. I might be there trying to trying to win that thing at the end of April. So, uh, do you plan on running it? I've ran it in the past. It's a, okay. it's nice. Be yeah. careful when you go through Frat Row. Do not accept <laughs> the shots. There are actual shots in there. It's not water. Okay. All right. Well, good to know. Good to know. Cool. <laughs> Don't be shotgunning those beers on front row when you pass it going through the campus of U of I. Um, what what uh, ultra are you thinking? Are you going to do 100 again or what are you thinking? Yeah. Uh, you know, there is one ultra distance I have not run yet, and that is 24 hours. So next year, I would like to go for 24 hours. Um, there, there will probably be 100 before, so I'm going to build it as like spring marathon late spring 50 summer 100 possibly fall 100 and then uh late fall early this time next year early winter 24 hour attempt so yeah i have not i've not gone for 24 and that's kind of like the like the big thing next year for me is 24 hours that's gonna be cool did you see what charlie lawrence did 
a ton of help. Oh, Charlie Lawrence is insane. Like I like like that. Uh, watching him go by me twice. Uh, the second time when he went by me, I was going down Tunnel Hill. He was coming up, so he had probably four miles left of his run. So yeah. Phil Young and I literally stopped. We were in the we we're in the middle of this race trying to run 100 under 12 hours, and we are screaming at this guy <laughs> because we know he is within like 23, 22 minutes from the finish line. And we stopped. We're like, Charlie, go, go, go! We're yelling at him and. Yeah, and then on our way back up to Vienna Park, everyone was saying he just ran 4.48, and I was like, that is insane for him to, you know, Tunnel Hill is very fast of a course. Um, it's very flat. It's hard packed, but it's not a road. And um, if that time was on a road, I think it'd be closer to 4.46, in my opinion. So when you think about it, it's, just, it's crazy. When you think about 50 miles, four hours, and 48 minutes, you think about that and you go, okay, could someone go to Tunnel Hill and run a sub-10, 100-mile? You know, I think I think with that, uh, the night plays more of a role um, than anything. I think if Steve were to move that up a weekend, uh, someone has hinted in his ear that he could do that to where we wouldn't have to deal with daylight savings time at 4 o'clock, uh, that that would help a lot of hundred mile runners but you know he has to he has to do all his stuff with the race and deal with uh the park district down there and mm. all that good stuff but um i i think i think there uh, it you know elob just ran eleven twenty six there um i think there's a good possibility of a men's hundred mile world record there uh i think the hundred mile world record now is like ten fifty one or ten fifty two but mm. i i think that either having lights on the trail, which is not going to work, it, it can work on a road loop, but having daylight out for majority would be a very big factor in something like that. Gotcha. But what, what an incredible time. The 448, yeah, 50 miles is ridiculous. Yeah. And for you and Phil, I love that you and Phil are homies now because I know <laughs> there was a race when you guys battled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was uh, Hennepin 2021 in the, in the 50 there when we just kind of got to know each other. And yeah, we've done some training runs and uh, both of us are always texting each other about finding a, a different 100 mile race to do. And yeah, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're pretty, we're pretty good friends now. So Phil's actually coming to my wedding next year. That's really cool. I, I yeah. love that. What is it, real quick, before I let you go, Taggart, uh, yeah. what is it about the Midwest? Because you look at the runners, the speed that the Midwest has produced, and I look at you, and I look at James Solomon, and you look at Phil Young, and then you look at you know Arlen Glick. There's a lot of very fast people that have come out of the Midwest. Zach Bitters from Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He may live out west now, but he's born and raised in the Midwest. What is it with the Midwest? Where, where does the speed come from in the Midwest? Oh, well, you know, um, I'm, I'm really unsure of that. I, I kind of like to tell my buddies that it's an Illinois thing, you know, because Phil lives in <laughs> Iowa and Arlen lives in Ohio. And I like to say, well, um, you know, if you lived in Illinois, this and that. But, uh, <laughs> right. yeah. Imagine, uh, Arlen, how fast you'd be if you lived in Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Um, whenever I go to a race in Iowa or Indiana or uh, Wisconsin, I always post on Strava before uh, my goal is to beat all the faster guys from that state. And uh, (laughs) some of my friends live there and it's just kind of like, I I don't know. At the end of the day, 
Um, you know, in the Midwest, we get all four seasons and we can get all four seasons in 24 hours. So I think we, we all know what each other's fighting at mm-hmm. 6am. It could be 20 degrees and by 5pm, it could be 75 or, you know, uh, you know, in the summertime, it could be a hundred plus degrees. So, so it's that. And I think it's the fact that you're fueled by tater tot casserole, which I think <laughs> helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all the best running gear is purchased at Kohl's using your Kohl's cash. Yeah, um, you know, that's both of those answers are definitely like not wrong answers because <laughs> growing up in high school, I probably ate tater tot casserole a lot. And I think probably <laughs> the first three years of my life, all my running stuff was purchased from Kohl's. So <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait until the Badger 100, that great race that 10 Junk Miles puts on. You know, and Scott Coomer does it. If he could offer the, the, if the winner could win like $2,500 in Cole's cash, that would be the most most Midwest way to finish ever. You know, um, I've actually, unfortunately, DNF Badger twice, and um, I wouldn't mind going back this year and finally trying to get a course record for Scotty. So I definitely owe Scotty that, and I've told him that before. I've I've pulled out at mile 70 and mile 90. So uh, if you're running the Badger next year, uh, pencil me in. I will probably be there. How much Cole's cash would make it worth your while for a jet for a prize? To, to go hard at Badger. Oh man. Uh, 2,500 sounds pretty good. That can get me, <laughs> that can get me a, a few t-shirts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you can't use it on Under Armour. It says right on there. You yeah. Can't yeah. 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 Uh, you got to use like their winter, like CG gear or something like that, whatever it's called, like the off brand of an off brand. Yeah. You can't use it on Nike there. Um, yeah. You, yeah, you'd have to be very um, particular over what you spend it on, but yeah. you'll get some halfway decent stuff. And oh who yeah, knows? absolutely. I'm gonna have Scotty work on that, and then Taggart. <laughs> my wife is really good at scratching off the 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 the, the flyer they send you and getting thirty percent off because okay. they say you get ten, twenty, or thirty percent. My wife always gets thirty percent. I don't know how. I will save one good for, for her. you. So, <laughs> so between between the twenty five hundred dollars in Kohl's cash the Badger's offering up, and the thirty percent coupon, you're gonna be you're gonna be like Kirk Cousins. You're gonna be swimming in Kohl's. You know, um, if 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 uh, Scotty gives me twenty five hundred in Kohl's cash, I might have to take him to Culver's in Wisconsin out afterwards <laughs> for lunch for that. <laughs> you can use your Scoopy tokens. And <laughs> <laughs> Him and I can go to a Bucks game on Monday night or something like that. Yeah, yeah. After Culver's, using your yeah. Scoopy tokens, and you can go buy a Bucks jersey with some of yep. those Colts cash wins. Yep, yep. At Culver's, and we can. I mean, at, at Colts, and then we can go to the Bucks game. <laughs> Get your Giannis Attentacumpo jersey with yeah. your Colts. oh man go check it out folks the workout plan is on the adventurejogger.com taggart this has been so much fun thank you for doing this yeah thanks for having me ryan it was a fun time 